Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 379, covering Into the Forest I Go, with Devlin Grimm. Hi, friends. Exciting news. We have a brand new guest, new to us. I mean, she's not like yes. a new person. She's, she's just a new guest to uh, Post-Atomic Horror. Hi, Devlin. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. And Welcome. I am I just uh, uh, congealed in this universe to be here today. So. Excellent. Well, there's, there's a lot of hopping around universes. People are just going, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, Devlin uh, showed up for our live show a few months ago, um, and uh, we spent a delightful evening chatting with her and, and mm-hmm. some other people. And I discovered, uh, one, hey, a- another person who isn't a dude could be on our show. And also, you have like a degree in what something really cool, and I don't remember what it is, and I probably should have asked you before we started rolling. What is it? Star oh. Trek economics? Yeah, something oh. like that. It's adjacent. It's aesthetics and politics. I have a master's in aesthetics and politics, hmm. and I have a background in cinema and mass media studies. Right. So hmm. basically, so, cool. the most qualified guest we've ever had is is what I'm saying. Like, because we do uh, a pop excuse culture me, analysis. As someone with show. a degree in library science, I would just like to say, what the hell? Oh well, excuse the hell out of me. You're not a guest, Matt. You live here. Been a guest long enough that you can't get rid of me. <laughs> He's the guest that just won't leave. That's Moved right. into the guest house. I mean, that's that's. Is that what host means? I guess. Yeah, like a parasite and a host. Like an entrenched host. Or uh, an entrenched guest, rather. Been here the whole time. You'll notice I didn't say I have a master's in any sort of science, so... Of course not. No, I mean, I assume it's an MA in something, but uh, I I remembered it being Star Trek studies. That's close enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make a lot of speculative money and a non-money environment. Okay, Mm -hmm. do you know how that works? Because we don't. No. Okay. I always thought that line was a joke One because day. it was a joke. <laughs> One day we'll find someone who understands how that all works, but uh, not yet. Uh, and and you were here. Oh, I guess usually I say, okay. And why did you pick this episode? I know why you picked this episode because uh, we added you to the to the rotation a bit late, and you didn't have a lot of choices. <laughs> yeah, there were only so many episodes, and I didn't want to go the next week, and I didn't want the uh, season finale. So right. here we are today. Yep. Very well. So uh, well, let me ask you this then. If you could have chosen any episode this season, which one would you have chosen? Oh, I mean, the time loop episode. Everybody okay. should yeah. have the time loop episode. That's that's what everyone says. Yeah. yeah. I think Amanda claimed that specifically because she knew literally everyone would want to do that one. And I feel like she claimed that one after you guys watched it when it aired the first time. Oh, she absolutely did. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a, ex- exactly what I would have done. So Yeah. And, it, <laughs> but, you know. It's because she hates time loop episodes and she wanted to come on and say, hey, this one was pretty good. But really, it's because she knew everyone else would want it and she wanted to spite them. Yep. Honestly, this is uh, one of the ways that Amanda and I differ because I love a good time loop episode and I love a bad time loop episode. So, ah, see, I, because we've had to do this every week for however long we've been doing this, I don't love a bad anything anymore. <laughs> I used to be able to appreciate that. But after having to sit through Enterprise, I'm just no, I'm sorry. I don't. I can't. I, can I, 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 I can't work on that level anymore. It's like, what if they just showed me good things instead from yeah, now why, on? Why not that? What if that happened? Or like any good thing ever? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, the show has some, and and we'll get to what it has. But uh, yeah. first, we should probably talk about what happened. So, Devlin, why don't you please tell us and the folks uh, what happened in Into the Forest? I go. <laughs> you got it. Into the forest, I go. After a brief admiral spat, Disco warps away from the planet of the Vaporwave Woods until they can figure out some way to really stick it to the rapidly approaching Klingon cadaver ship. The kids figure they can measure the cloaked ship if they run around it really fast with a groovy drop. <laughs> this is going to take 133 jumps. Stamets needs convincing because he has had some inflammation around his implants and also accidentally transcended consensus reality that one time. Lorca lays it out for him. Look at all this dope data I've been collecting. Look at this killer map that goes right off the edge of the galaxy. Strange new worlds, bro. Stamets is so impressed, he almost turns his head to look at Lorca. (laughs) Of course, to get all this data, two brave cast members will need to beam on over with a couple of MacGuffins. Human bag salad Lieutenant Ash Tyler suggests that he takes his girlfriend. Burnham agrees. 
yeah, dudes, I was actually there that one time my mom was murdered. Lorca eventually concedes with his signature order. Shut up, whatever, I don't even care. <laughs> Raise the shields and dutch the angles. We are going to save the crystal sparkle people. Star Trek. <laughs> Michael and Bag Salad beam on over and immediately stumble into corpse storage. There they meet the very much alive Laurel and Admiral Cornwell, who are last seen braiding each other's hair. Lieutenant Smash, who had been captured and tortured by Laurel, is triggered by her presence and has a flashback to a Wolverine movie from the early 2000s. <laughs> Cornwell uses the power of actual psychiatry to talk Tyler down. Meanwhile, Michael heads to the bridge and pulls out the universal translator that I guess they finally built. She has a her heroic showdown with Klingon guy that she just met. She kicks his butt and bugs on out with boyfriend, boss lady, boyfriend's boss lady in tow. Oh, and her old boss lady's badge, too. The crew cracks the cloak code and murders the hell out of the sepulcher. Fascist daddy Lorca gets to live out his dream of looking cool in front of an explosion, and the rest of the crew nod knowingly at each other in slow motion for a full five minutes. <laughs> this truly is earned, this end of the arc of fighting these guys we don't know who didn't really do anything. In a quiet moment, Bag Salad opens up to Michael about his sexual assault, about doing what he had to to survive. This is a very human conversation and an important step in their relationship in his recovery and is totally obliterated by the literal nightmare rape sequence that I had to watch. <sighs> My people have a saying, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> Damitz offers to jump the weary crew home, but then he's out of the jump game. After a heroic smooch, he confirms this with Dr. Boyfriend. Just one more jump, baby. Then I'm going to take you to the opera. And I bought a boat. And we're going to raise Captain Janeway's puppies. <laughs> so something immediately goes wrong. Paul was jumping for Jupiter and ended up beyond the infinite. As his eyes glaze over, we learn that Disco has surfaced in some unknown space, surrounded by Klingon wreckage. And we are left to wonder what fresh hell awaits our valiant science achievers in this the darkest trek. Oh, and this is totally unrelated, but earlier we did see Lorca's desk and there was no triple at all. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's ended on that in quite some time. I'm bringing it uh, back. Uh, two, two quick things. First of all, bag salad is definitely staying as a, ah. uh, as a description for <laughs> Lieutenant Ash Tyler. That is gold. I'm so glad to hear that because a bag salad is the bleakest food. It is the most convenient, but uh -huh. only has the illusion of nutrition, just yeah. like Ash himself. See, no one can get mad at what I'm doing. I'm eating salad. <laughs> and and second, the crew cracks the cloak code. I am I am super impressed you got that out on the first try. We both would have stumbled over that for half an hour. From crisp coating. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it was the first try. I certainly haven't been practicing it all day. So no, thank you. I mean, I can't imagine you would be. Uh, so here now are my second thoughts. Uh, as we finally, after over 50 years of waiting, witness the on-screen consummation of Star Trek's first canonical same-sex partnership. Is, is there another word that's like consummated but means kissing rather than boning down? Uh, I'd like to celebrate Star Trek's famous progressiveness by reading a list of TV shows that feature openly LGBTQIA characters before Star Trek. This is a curated list, and I left out obvious choices like Ellen or Queer as Folk. Every one of these is real and not a crazy make em up We don't do that sort of thing here. <laughs> here we go. Soap. 30-something. Hooperman. Dynasty. Hill Street Blues. L.A. Law. Law and Order. Law and Order SVU. The Nancy Walker Show. The Larry Sanders Show. The John Larroquette Show. My So-Called Life. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Doctor Who. Battlestar Galactica. Brought to you by Quiznos. Stargate <coughs> Universe. Outlander. <laughs> Supernatural. The Flash. Gotham. Supergirl. Jessica Jones. Lost. Game of Thrones. Mad Men. The Sopranos. Deadwood. The Wire. Gilmore Girls. The Office. Downton Abbey. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Schitt's Creek. Jane the Virgin. Riverdale. 24. Teen Wolf. Two and a Half Men. Entourage! Fucking Entourage was the head of Star Trek in queer representation. So, congratulations, Star Trek. You got there just ahead of Veggie Tales and that looping video of a fireplace that people play around Christmas. You must be so proud. <laughs> I applaud your list. That's all, and, and seriously, that is all real. I, I just looked up a list on Wikipedia of, you know, shows with gay characters and well this is what happens when we don't have fucking rick berman lurking around lurking it up anymore Ugh. he's such a hideous goblin man uh-huh 
Also, you've obviously never seen the looping fireplace video all the way to the end because it gets raunchy. Oh, <laughs> oh hey, yeah, the video drone. Holy crap! I mean, I we had the we had like the VHS one with the log, but uh, I'm sure there were probably filthier versions, like in the in behind the beaded curtain at the video store. <laughs> I just want to look at something and pretend that it's cozy. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what that can be, and the only thing I can think of is a penis on fire. Hmm. <laughs> That's not filthy so much as you know, dangerous. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, they, they, they kiss. They actually kiss mm-hmm. on screen and, uh, you know, it's about damn time. God oh, damn, is it about damn time? Yeah. Oh man. And they appear to actually be in a relationship and like mm-hmm. each other now. So yeah, <laughs> Although always... none of us were clear on whether those two are actually married or not. I finally gave up and looked at, uh, uh, memory alpha and it turns out they are not. Like, According to Memory Alpha, they are not married, and also Canar uh, is made from squirrels and goose. Oh, that's that is long gone, unfortunately. For at least the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I remembered not liking this episode, and I was incorrect. Like, mm-hmm. I because I know kind of what comes after this, and I thought, oh, if there's something in between this one that I liked and these other ones that I'm not crazy about, that must have been just a boring bridging, you know, middle episode. But uh, I actually like this one okay thing is it's pretty good like it, it's a very action sequency end yeah. of the end of the klingon arc thing. and if this had been the end of the klingon arc that would have been great like no the war's still on uh-huh yeah there's ultimately so many things happening in this episode in terms of plot development and character development and it is very splashy mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's hard to hate it entirely because so much work gets done yeah, and, and as you pointed out, it feels very finale-ish. And actually, at the time, it was the mid-season finale, which I guess this is a show that does that now. I'm, I'm yeah, not... if I recall correctly, we were going on Christmas break after this. I I think, yeah, that, that sounds right. And I remember hearing that the first new episode back would be directed by Jonathan Frakes, and that was enough to be like, ooh, mm-hmm. that'll, that'll be worth it. Yeah, I'll, I'll sign up for anything he's doing. Little did I know. Uh, but no, there's, there's, you're, as you say, there's a lot going on here, and it feels like they're they're deliberately closing a lot of stuff and and trying to move on, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, and we and we get uh, speaking of characters that have, you know, kind of coming back, like to to close the arc. Uh, this is your good thing, Devlin. Oh yeah, Katrina Cornwell is back in action, and mm-hmm. she is an action shrink. <laughs> um, I chose her as my good thing because one of my pet hopes for Disco was that it would fix the treatment of how mental health care and mental health professionals are shown. Mm-hmm. Because Troy wasn't really written as a person, let alone a professional. Mm-hmm. And Esri was just a flibberty gibbet and had her own stuff going on, and nobody would ever want to sit on her couch. So Cornwall is able able to assess Ash's condition while she's in extraordinary pain. She's able to talk him down using like real techniques, like having him focus on her voice and on the presence. Um, And she really saves the day. She saves him from himself. She frees up Michael to save the day. And it's not contrived. It's not stupid. It's not this sort of like Troy chocolate sundae, let's success our feelings because it's happy good times Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. tree that we've seen in the past. So, yeah, my good thing goes to Katrina because she does un- she undoes all this damage that we've had in universe and out. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, you know, maybe they'll write her telling some jokes or being a little more interesting next season. She's definitely a character I'd like them to build up more of in season yeah. two because, God, she's good. Yeah, I, I like so- the actor and I like what we've seen of the character. I don't like that she's sleeping with Lorca. Yeah, that was not a great decision. Yeah, that's... I don't but, know. It seems like maybe they were old friends and used to hook up and then. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's just it, Star Trek has had that boundary issue for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. And especially since he's manipulating her, it was just like, yeah, I didn't love that. But I mean, I, I, it's not enough to ruin the character for me, certainly. And this angle on her is is, you know, great. I, I completely mm-hmm. agree yeah. with you. Yeah, I, it's important that she's a woman. And it's important that she's everyone's boss and she's a killer shrink. So. Yeah. And we're dealing with actual PTSD. Uh, yes. And we can't talk about the, the ramifications of this until we get to the spoiler section. Yeah, we can but, get to that in a bit. But, yeah, uh... but in and of this episode, like we've talked about this a lot where Star mm-hmm. Trek characters go through some heavy shit and by the next week, everything's fine again. And it's nice uh-huh. that someone's experiencing some consequences to that horrible trauma. Like finally. Yeah. Yeah. All that being said, you know, maybe it wasn't the best idea in the world to send over the dude who had just gotten back from being tortured on the Klingon ship of the dead to go <sighs> see the Klingon ship of the dead and all the dead that are on it. Also, also, Michael, 
who has been on two Klingon ships, well, three uh, Klingon, uh, she's had three Klingon encounters in her life. The first, mm-hmm. they murdered her parents. The yep. second, she accidentally stabbed a dude starting a war. And mm-hmm. the third, she lost Georgiou. Like, she's mm-hmm. she's yeah. 0 for 3 in Klingon encounters. Like, she yeah. probably should have sat this one out. But Literally sent the two idiots with the most Klingon baggage to the Klingon ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, all that said, this is my good thing. And, and it doesn't sound like a good thing, but it is because I think it's good writing. I don't think Michael Burnham has ever once in her entire career taken an order that she didn't want to take. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, you see this in all Star Trek and you see you've seen it with her a bunch of times, too. She argues that, well, Captain, I should be allowed to do this. And she just stands her ground until she gets to do it. And every single time she doesn't like the order, she'll just like talk her way into what she really wants to do. I'm, and I get with a, with a, Oh, go ahead. Go on. OK. OK. She'll hit him with just a litany of logical retorts, too. Yeah. And she will just keep it going. She will get to point seven and then they'll have to concede just to shut her up. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he's, he's like, no. And that's the end of it. And she's like, but captain, like I, I can't. right in the middle, like right yeah. in the middle of the bridge in front of everyone, yeah. too. I yeah. get pushing back occasionally when you think your way is better, but she literally just does what she wants. Always like orders mm-hmm. have nothing to do with it. And we saw that. Yeah. In the pilot, when she nerve pinched Giorgio all the way, you know, ever since then, it's a oh, very yeah. calculated part of her character, and I like it a lot. But imagine mm-hmm. working with her. I I can kind of see why Saru hates her so fucking much. Oh yeah, and just, uh, she, never, she never stops being the mutineer. Yeah, yeah. No, it's she's, like he's just sitting at his at his desk, just like again. Oh my god, just shut up. Yeah. I have been that dude in the room so many times where I'm just like, God, shut up, shut up, shut up, stop it. But it's always shut up, just give her what she wants. And mm-hmm. at no point does it even occur to her that she won't get what she wants because, I don't know, maybe, maybe, well, I mean, Sarek made her like this because Spock was like this too. Sure. <laughs> but you, I guess Giorgio just always encouraged that because she's still mm-hmm. doing it. I yeah, maybe Joe thought she was being very human by disobeying orders. Yeah, that could be. We're breaking you out of your 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 stale Vulcanness and and encouraging your human side. So sure, you you go ahead. You hit me with this. This is arguments. all just part. This is all just part of your developing human side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. We're getting more belligerent every day. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's another way she's like Spock without hitting us over the head with it. And I like mm-hmm. that. And I like that. What it comes down to is Sarek's a horrible parent. Uh-huh. Such a bad parent. Yeah. I'm glad they figured that out the way they figured that out for Worf. It's yeah. An exciting new take on the character. It is. And I mean, we already kind of knew it with Spock, but now yeah. it's like, okay, well, here's like, he's practically, oh, oh such a mess. Uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, I am going to sort of going off of that. Um, Oh yeah. You picked, you picked a thing that should be negative as well, but you liked it. Yeah, Michael. Michael's not the only person who's making making people dance like puppets on this show. Um, <laughs> we get to watch Lorca basically wrap Stamets around his finger. Like he doesn't oh, yeah. even have to try. He just rolls out a picture. Hey, did you know that we might have found alternate universes? Yeah, not only can you see this universe, but uh, check this out. <laughs> uh, if you just take a look here, I think you'll find many universes. Did you know that there's turtles going all the way down? <laughs> <laughs> and just he's so easy. And like as the episode ends, he needs a little he sort of he starts doing it again. It's just like, ah, Stamets, you're a real hero. I uh told him to give you the Medal of Honor. Uh now if you want I know it's real hard for you to do the uh the spore jumps, so I'm not gonna ask you to do oh no, Captain, let me jump for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, oh, I mean, only if you're sure, you know, you've been through so much. No, he is. He is so like he's so clearly this is what he wants. And we'll find uh-huh. out why next week. Like there's yeah. there's a specific ulterior motive there. But yeah, he's so. Oh, oh, and I got I, this is the thing we'll, we'll, we can get into this more later. But yeah. th- I, I, I love this this character so much. Yeah. He's so unique in Star Trek. Yep. No, it's great. And, and he's basically hitting him, like you say, with with the, 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 the little bit of Burnham, a little bit mm-hmm. of like, like, oh, mm-hmm. you're you're a very good scientist. Now do what I want. Yeah. And he does. He could not give two tenths of a shit about any of the stuff he's saying. Yeah. 
No, and and it's fun to watch him learn what to say though. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's been he's been acquiescing to the whole Starfleet thing more and more as the uh, season has been going let's, on. It's let's been rescue the space whale, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't care how it gets done. I don't care. Yeah. Oh, I love <laughs> it. Every, shut up and l- wake me when we're back to the war part. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm what? here for. Wait, listen to war. What are you talking about? <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, so good. Um, but you know, there were the <laughs> wow. That here's the segue that occurred to me just now. But while they were good things, conversely, they were also some bad things. Wow, brain. I, thanks I thanks mean, for that. <laughs> I mean, that sure is true, Al. So, yeah, But Jesus Christ. That is a fact that you just stated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is, this is why we don't record in the evening usually, because that, that's the first thing that sprung to my mind as host. Oh, boy. Listen, it's, it, listen, it's okay. It's, it's not like we've been doing this for a while or anything. No, I don't know what I'm doing. This is all uncharted territory. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do our bad things. <laughs> really needed you guys to hold my hand through this but <laughs> all right bad things it goes we don't know what we're doing if that's if that has not been made abundantly clear to you yet we've done this more than 400 times and uh and according to the big clock on the wall it's bad thing it's bad thing yeah o'clock. devlin what are you into that shit bring out the bad thing air horn am i right uh-huh. <laughs> all right you guys uh, it's the unnecessary rape sequence i am taking it i feel honor bound because I chose this episode and I'm going to talk about it for a while. Let's go. Mm-hmm. It is gross and it is awful. And it actually narratively undercuts the quiet confession scene between Ash and Michael. Mm-hmm. I don't like Tyler. I don't like these two together, but I buy the importance of their relationship. And really Star Trek has a problem with confusing grown up storytelling with adult content, mm-hmm. with extreme adult dark content. Oh yeah. So. This franchise is so desperate to prove how dark and serious it is when it needs to be the optimistic beacon that we want right now. It needs to take the optimistic aspects more seriously. Oh, yeah, especially right now. Hmm. I do want to say a few things. I've thought long and hard about this rape Mm -hmm. storyline. I'm so angry that I have to watch a rape storyline in this show, in Star Trek at all. Mm -hmm. It's it's against my sensibilities. It's not what I watch for fun. I don't watch crime shows. I don't watch SVU. Yeah, same. Because life is too short, really. <laughs> uh, but they're making some decisions that I do agree with. Um, it's not clouded up by some stupid metaphor like nanite burglary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sequence is edited and shot to look like the torture flashbacks. They're being presented on the same visual level because they're both comparable traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was successful in that I was uncomfortable. It just was unsuccessful in that it ruined everything else about the show. Yeah. My my problem with that too is that we then have Ash go to go to see Lorel in her cell, and she treats the whole thing almost like like we're supposed to think that Ash is on her side or something. Well, the the impression that I get was mm-hmm. he said I did what I had to do, which kind of implied she said fuck me or I'll torture you more. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, okay. And maybe it was somewhat consensual, but not really kind of thing. I don't know. It's still the- icky and it's still gross, but she kind of acted like you belong to me and you were kind of into it, weren't you? Which, See, the whole you know. the, the, the whole thing reads to me like the show is trying to make me feel like I shouldn't trust Ash for what, for what happened to him, you know? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, well, maybe they're in a relationship or they're evil or something. And it's just gross. Yeah. No, I, the, the impression that I got at this point, and there will be developments, and I'm struggling not to talk about those right now. But the impression that I get at this point is kind of she chose a favorite prisoner to kind of be, you know, her gross toy. And so she's into it, and he's still not kind of thing. But I And because it's such a complicated psychological event yes. like her coming at him and saying oh yeah no we did it together what are you talking about oh yeah, yeah you're my little snuggle lovekins uh-huh. is is terrifying in and of itself oh no it's, that makes it a lot grosser in a way yeah. rather than her super, just forcing herself on him yeah it's but it's almost as though the show ends up not taking a very strong position on it absolutely actually does, happened. yeah 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 no and this is certainly not the first time they have treated this subject matter flippantly or not thought it all the way through and god i'm tired of talking about this subject on this show Uh it's disappointing because it's it's ground they've tried to cover and have failed they should just move on they have the whole universe to play in and they're talking about sexual assault Uh uh-huh 
Again. And they get so close with this PTSD story and then they sort of fumble it in the very last act, last yeah. act. Yeah. And I hope, I hope this story is helpful for anybody out there. Ultimately, I hope it does more good than harm, but for me, it's just a mess. Yeah. No, and, and honestly, this is one of those things where it, I always appreciate having a guest on that is not another dude to just like, cause <laughs> like we can point out why we think it's bad and, and we, we have some pretty okay informed opinions at this point, but it's nice to hear from a lady on this, you know, like, well, I, I do appreciate that, but I also want to be like your cinema studies expert and not the other lady. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course. That was the main mm -hmm. reason like we asked you on, but also yeah. you happen to be here for this. And it's good because mm -hmm. when we had to do that seven of nine one, it was me and Matt and Brian and we did our best, but it's like, Oh man, I, Ugh. well, Guys, speaking as a feminist, as a 43-year-old white man. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, that 7 of 9 episode was a problem because it was, you know, yeah. directed on a, a character that we like. And yeah. it was all about how nobody believed her. And it was also shot to objectify her. Yeah, well, <sighs> yeah. So no, that is the nice thing I pointed out is like the rape scene looks torturous because it is. Right. Although, and we can't really talk about this until later in the show, but there, there, there's an extra Can we uh, be unlike Star Trek and move on from rape right now? <laughs> I'd love to do that. Um, Matt, what was your bad thing? Um, the bugs the crew plant on the ship of the dead could not be more obvious for something that they're desperately <laughs> trying to hide. Yes. These things are about the size of a trash can. They beep, they glow, <laughs> they're covered in English so that if a dumb Klingon saw them, it, they couldn't even go like, oh, that's a part of the ship, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> and they have Starfleet logos right on the top. Come on, guys, not everything needs to be about hashtag brands. Oh, you say they glow. No, I, I think, Devlin, you're the one who pointed out they have disco lights, literally disco lights. They're spinning strobes. Oh, yeah, they are pulsating. They are laying down the sick beats. They yeah. are... They're calling more attention than anything ever has. Yes. Literally, the only thing they're missing is just a voice going, bug activated. <laughs> <laughs> and bug. then repeating it in Klingon just to make sure they completely got it. Bug defeating Klingon cloaking shield in five, <laughs> four, three, two. And then, and then you bug went. Bug defeating cloaking shield. And then you went with the, uh, with the obvious but still funny reference of ignore me. <laughs> ignore me. Yeah. Actually, what it's really missing is two little feet that will carry it up to a Klingon and then a hand to poke it. <laughs> hey, buddy, what's up? Or like tug. Your shit, let's hang out. Tug on his like pants cuff. Hey, hey, down here. <laughs> Excuse me, Klingon. Me? Yep. Oh, man. Pay no attention to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and there was, there were a lot of things. This is my bad thing there's a lot of weird plot choices and a lot of weird pacing choices. And I would honestly lump that in with a lot of that. Cause it's like, I get that they threw that in there so we could see it. And that's why a lot of that stuff happens in TV shows. Cause they think the audience is too dumb to see something that's, you know, subtle and in the background, I guess, but mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense. And a lot of the stuff didn't make a lot of sense just so they could set up a cool running from an explosion scene or whatever, or a sure. fucking sword fight. <laughs> like in my defense i like the sword oh fight. god i'm so tired of sword like just fantasy crap in my sci-fi show like come on man can we do something else but like I, I, there's a bunch of plot points like cornwell was going to deal with Lorca before she left she said something like we need to have a conversation when i get back you're fired mm -hmm. and then she left and then she got captured and then she got tortured uh, but then she came back and then she immediately got on an emergency medical shuttle to go get her shit checked out. And it's like, she couldn't tell. She was conscious. She was conscious enough to, to walk bag salad through his PTSD. She couldn't <laughs> say, uh, Cornwell to Starfleet Command, Lorca is a fucking scoundrel who, <laughs> who went to bed with me to distract me from the fact that he's nuts and carries a gun all the time. Can we take command away from him right the fuck now? They still didn't do that. Like, he's still the in charge. The other admirals are just like, wait, did she say scoundrel? Yeah, I mean, you know, she likes scoundrels. That's what I, you said. I just heard scoundrel. Yeah, yeah, we, mi we missed the rest of it. We're just like, really? Scoundrel? I'm I was going to say Montebank, but I thought maybe I should, you know. Ricardo Montebank? <laughs> walk it back a little. Well, I am a little fatigued. 
<laughs> no, it it just it like it's sloppy to me because you have a clear situation where she knows he's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And you've had multiple opportunities to take care of that. And you haven't because he still needs to be there. Just like Michael goads the Klingon guy into a sword fight for honor just so they can have a cool action sequence at the end of the episode. It just there's so many choices that felt not like nonsensical, illogical choices to make the story work exactly the yeah. way they want. And well, you got you got to have your final boss fight. I just I first this... of all, no. This whole, the whole, and I mentioned this before the show, the whole uh, adventure of Michael and uh, uh, Lieutenant Ash Tyler mm-hmm. on the Klingon ship feels like it's out of a fucking video game. It does. Like they beam over, they have to avoid guards, they have to place two things, mm-hmm. and then there's a boss fight, and then we bl- and then we blow up the ship. Yeah, and you get a valuable item that you've been trying to get throughout the entire game. Because mm-hmm. and then we head over, and then we head over. Oh, I never mind. Yeah. No, it's it's like the and getting Giorgio's badge to me felt like closure that she already had with the mm-hmm. telescope and with the message and like we've already done this, guys. Like how many times can she say goodbye to the mother that she's responsible for the death of? Like I get that it weighs heavily on her, but it's you already did that. You already did it well, a couple and- times. It, it really feels there's a scene where Michael's talking to, to Lieutenant Ash Tyler and just like everybody comes home with with me. And this feels like her going back and rescuing Giorgio after she failed okay, the first but, time. But she's I'm in those Klingon right, stomachs. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this right now. That ain't that ain't how this works. No. It's almost like the writers don't know that they're writing a serialized streaming television show oh, in 2018 that yeah. will be watched over and over and over again by the super fans. In order. In order. Well, it's on a. It's <laughs> exclusively on a streaming service. Care to? Yeah. yeah. Like it's not like you're gonna jump in at episode nine. I said this last week. Like when they do all their clumsy recapping. Like no one's gonna do that. Everyone's gonna watch yeah. it in order. So just keep building on what you already did. Yeah. Well, they do the recapping because it's like they can't be bothered to write an extra minute. Yeah. I wish they would, so they I could see these guys hanging out and being friends for once. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Some of the best parts of the show. No, I mean I, this is one of the reasons we've embraced Tilly so hard is because usually she's those moments where someone's having a meal with someone and chatting or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, nice. like, if we gave Lieutenant Ash Tyler, like, some actual character development instead of just shoving him around and trying to get him to close his fucking mouth, we might actually like the guy. But well, they he... did take the time to say what an amazing, brave, strong, super person, handsome Captain Man he was a million times. So He sure is. Don't need to develop after well, that. What, as, a, what a hero. As, as we learned from the outrageous Okana, all you need to do is apply <laughs> a description to a character, but not actually, you know, tell, don't show. That's, also, Joe Piscopo. Wow. That wasn't <laughs> the outrageous. He was in the episode, but. That's actually the end of the, uh, the phrase is tell, don't show Joe, Joe Piscopo. Piscopo. Oh, I see. <laughs> yes. It's just a coincidence that he was in that. Episode. Let, lens flare at night. Rapper's delight. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I where I meant to go with that. Uh, uh, also, uh, Devlin, you pointed out uh, we know two things about Ash Tyler now. Excuse me, Lieutenant oh, yeah. Ash Tyler. You guys, we know that he was raped, and we know that he likes boats. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lieutenant Somebody... Ash Tyler doesn't even have a chocolate mother. <laughs> Somebody say boats. Oh, hey, it's the best character from that one show I'll never watch. I seriously did not even, when you said boat, I didn't even think of that. That's how far out of my <laughs> mind that is. Sorry, I'm still dead. <laughs> oh, right. No, he faked his own death, as as we find out in the books. I sure, think. that's what a book said. Uh-huh. Yeah, he faked his own death so he can go have adventures with Lieutenant Ash Tyler. I wish. Because <laughs> then all the stuff I don't want to read is in one book, and maybe some yeah. of the other books would be good. <laughs> and you can throw that book on a burning penis. <laughs> really doubling down on this burning penis thing never been a shitty joke i couldn't come back to three times i mean that's that's how it's comedy it's not comedy Uh until you bring it out once more so Mm -hmm. i'll see if i can find an opening for that burning penis (laughs) welcome to the show devlin i really can't wait for 10 days from now when i finally exercise the image of the burning penis from my head (laughs) look it's better than some of the other things we were shown in this episode Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Like all the stuff I want to talk about now is spoilery, but I want to make sure we've yeah. covered, you know, 
Oh, I want to talk about the 45 minute explosion. Oh my God. There was a whole unnecessary slow motion thing that made no sense. First of all, I do love Lorca doing his laser eye treatment so he can watch the explosion. (laughs) Puts in his eye drops. (laughs) (laughs) Time for a little visine. I want to see more um, action disability accommodation in general in the media. So this is my centerpiece now. Sure. And I also love that he just has to look at it and then turn away and look super badass while everything's exploding behind him. Mm -hmm. Saru, get a picture of me. Just the drama (laughs) queen of the galaxy. Uh But uh, yeah, it's again, it's like they knew this amazing climactic moment wasn't actually earned. So Mm -hmm. they just had to pull out every bloated action trope to pad it out. Yeah. No, so and, and yeah, you know, you, you pointed out as we were watching it that the, the ship's exploding. The ship's still exploding. The ship is still exploding. <laughs> Stop watching this half an hour ago. It's still exploding. And I feel like a, a ship like that is probably modular and there's bits of it that keep exploding. But that Star Trek has never treated like ships explode and then you're done. It doesn't work like that in this universe, you know? It's not it's exploding because it's exploding for any reason. It's exploding to look cool. Yeah. Is basically. It's also the ship of the dead, so it's full of corpse gas that's probably lighting on fire. Well, that's because the corpse boy didn't come around and collect them all. We decided boy. we decided that corpse must boy. be like the role of like the junior officer on the the, the sarcophagus is its official name. Uh huh. Oh yeah, the sarcophagus, which I'm certainly going to call it by as seriously as possible. Oh boy. <laughs> Just, oh god. Well, we decided uh, every spacefaring organization has its own corpse boy brigade they, because. Oh, someone- yeah be squeegeeing the corpses off the discovery when all the Klingon corpses land. Mm. I mean, Otherwise you just get full of mummies. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants a ship full of mummies. Uh, excuse me. Uh, okay. Except Matt. <laughs> Matt obviously wants a ship full of mummies. I had no idea how badly I wanted to watch discovery fight an invasion of mummies until you said that. <laughs> you really sounds want to amazing. Escape Stay from the ship full of two. mummies. Part two. Escape to the ship of mummies. <laughs> right. Of course. <laughs> Oh, uh, what else? Oh, what else? What else? I love Tilly's hair. Yep. Yeah. Tilly always brings the hair and she's, you know, mm-hmm. without major spoilers, she's going to continue to. Oh, yeah. She's so good. No, we'll... I love Go ahead. I love her uh, uh, talking to Stamets and uh, oh, God. Uh, Culper. It's such a sitcom moment, but like not in a bad way, but mm-hmm. where Culper, Culper is finding out for the first time that all this crap's going on and Tilly's known about it for weeks. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, those side effects, Paul. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah, and he Paul gives her a look like, "God damn it." Look, I told you that in confidence. I did not tell him. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Oh, she also had a terrible terrible line where she said like, "Oh, strap in for a bumpy ride." Uh-huh. Oh, Tilly. You don't need to try to be cool, Tilly. You are cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, saw this in a movie, guys. I really think it'll work here. She's, it didn't, she's trying to recapture the glory of this is fucking cool. And, and you, you can't, you know, how do you how do you relight that? Like, that's, yeah. you know, one. You can't relight that penis once yeah. it's gone. Oh, <laughs> there it is. That's three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Ah, welcome so to the <laughs> Yes, you, you have now uh, you have now been baptized. I'm so glad I got a, pe- a burning penis. In you. <laughs> <laughs> Baptism by penis fire. Ah. <laughs> uh. Anything else before we move on to the spoilery things? Uh, it's everything I got. There was a rent. This is the one with the rent reference, yeah, right? Yeah, there was that. Baptized in the fires of penis. Ugh. They're gonna. Oh. They're gonna. I go need to s- not talk oh. about penises anymore. Uh, that's fine. Well, we're talking about rent. That's a terrible show. So that's oh. something different. No. That is. That's true. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you, apparently gonna, rent made it into the 23rd century. I'm not going to assume you didn't. You don't like it. We hate it, but maybe you like it. So I'm not going <laughs> to. I don't like it for the same reason nobody my age who's yeah. invested in theater likes it. Okay. It's not. It's, I actually kind of enjoyed the reference though, because it was a cute little meta text about. Well, yeah, because you know, uh, what's his was name? This show this time. He, yeah. He's he's in Rent, right? Yeah, he was like yeah. the lead, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. That's one, fine. One of the obnoxious man children who wouldn't pay his bills. Uh-huh. Yeah, pay your fucking rent. <laughs> right. That whole show is just a bunch of Lieutenant Nash Tylers. Uh, yeah. God, just bag salad. Just wall to wall. He doesn't salad. pay his fucking rent either. <laughs> that big ass room they gave him. Oh my God. He was in like the, what do they call it on the love boat? The promenade suite. <laughs> and 
And the Tandash Tyler, you'll be placed in the presidential suite. <laughs> wearing his sad house coat and his band. <laughs> oh, no, no, that was not a house coat. That was a, uh, God, what was it? No, it is a house coat. <laughs> I was trying to think because it's not a bathrobe. It is. A, it's It's like what the dude wears in the Big Lebowski where it's like yeah. a bathrobe is something you put on when you're not wearing anything else. This is what you put on when you're already wearing clothes and just want to look sloppy. Yeah, mm-hmm. all he was missing is a pair of dead uh, bear slippers. Mm-hmm. Some bonbons. <laughs> uh-huh. Ugh. Curlers in there. He's just the worst. <laughs> yeah, he would have had the man bun for sure if he had enough hair oh, for Oh, definitely. It. Oh, saddest, saddest man. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time for us to do the uh, the thing, the uh, in mm-hmm. the past of the future. So, uh, Devlin, what do you got? Oh, what do I have? Mm-hmm. Anything's possible, you guys. In, in an infinite in universe. Here yes. we go. Here we go. In the past of the future, Cassilian opera houses continue to pander to the human-centric tastes of the Federation. Soon, Xenotheater historians will discover that La Boheme does, in fact, sound better in the original Klingon. (laughs) You know who really doesn't want to pay their rent is Ferengi. It's true. They're the ones charging rent. Because money. Yeah. Uh, Rent ears. Yeah. Don't forget ears. Also Uh sexism. Always that. Uh-huh. Also, also more ears. Mm-hmm. Well, they That's got a quadruple Frankie threat. Right. <laughs> well, they have four lobes in their brain, so uh, quadruple? I, I don't know. There's nothing there. Just move on. Yeah, Just move on! Oh. <laughs> Matt, what do you got? Uh, yeah, in the past of the future. Apparently anyone can just get away with doing anything in Starfleet yet again. Well, I mean, you know. You did have, you did have Lorca doing the typical, uh, yeah, I know what we were ordered to do. We're not doing that. Yes. After you you can't do that. If the whole basis of your show is based around Michael being the first uh, ever Starfleet mutineer. No, it's only mutiny if you get caught. And usually the ends justify the means. We've talked about that from day one. Oh, totally. It's only mutiny if literally every order you're given, you counteract with like 10 different points. Uh And your captain ends up murdered. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's why that's that's why that charge stuck. That's how they get you. (laughs) That loophole. It's like Al Capone in the text. Oh, God. <laughs> One murdered captain, and they just call you a mutineer for the rest of your life. And <laughs> uh, mine, in the past of the future, the Klingon cloaking device, which will continue to befuddle Star- Starfleet's best minds well into the next century, is beaten by a desperate team being screamed at by their captain, who demands they solve the problem within three hours. Now, in their defense, being screamed at will motivate me to do almost anything. But this was Maximum Lorca. Mm-hmm. This was, I was going to mm-hmm. bring it up before, but I, I was going to save it for this. Cause really seriously up until like the end of Voyager, like the, the last chronological part of, of Star Trek, actually uh, nemesis. I think they were still like baffled by Romulan cloaks, which are the same technology. Mm-hmm. Like Starfleet does not know how to beat these things, but all Lorca had to do was say, you got three hours and they figured out a way. Cause, ah, uh... <laughs> The problem was Starfleet never gave the problem to a scientist before, I guess. I guess. Let alone a whole ship full of them. And hey, I, dummy, get over here. You try and solve this. No, I think the problem is they didn't have anyone mean enough motivating them. It's always <laughs> people like Captain Picard saying, well, try your best. Otherwise, I'll be a little disappointed. That's why we need more mean people in Starfleet. I guess. Oh, Captain Picard was never just a little disappointed in anyone. He was majorly disappointed. No, but he would say, I'm a little disappointed, but everyone knew. Like, that was enough. Uh-huh. Like, a little went a long way with him, as far as disappointment goes. Re- oh, really, Mr. Data? You've given up your paper route. Like, there's a lot of passive aggression there. I was really hoping it would teach you some responsibility, but apparently not. Well, if you think that's the right decision to make. Mm-hmm. See, this is the Captain Picard show that I want to watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> But if we had people like Admiral Nechev uh, screaming at people to break the cloak, you know, she's basically hey. the 24th century equivalent of Lorca. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She sleeps with a, a gun under a pillow, too. Undoubtedly. <laughs> she sleeps under a pile of guns. <laughs> <laughs> she built a gun fort. <laughs> yep. All right. So, uh, uh, oh, we got to do your quote. What do, what do you got for a quote, Devlin? Oh, yeah. Uh, in honor of Lorca being peak Lorca, I chose fascist daddy teaching the kids how not to play by the rules. Mm-hmm. This speed they'll be expecting us in three hours at Starbase 46. That's why we're warping and not using the spore drive. I have no intention of reaching our destination. But if you're planning on disobeying a direct order, best not to advertise the fact. Yes. 
that's very very good <laughs> oh man all right so there's lots of stuff we want to talk about here so uh here we go spoiler alert yeah uh obviously the the lead story is that we end up in the mirror universe and uh mm-hmm. Lorca made it all happen and oh man i i will give Lorca orchestrated this. a lot of really a lot of stupid coincidences to get yeah. here so yeah. give it up for him yeah I will say, and I think you both pointed this out, like the clues were all there. Like, oh, yeah, they, it's not like this came from out of nowhere. We see him like uh, he's, he's got a little console in his captain's chair that kind of breaks into the what, what Stamets is up to and puts new coordinates in there. So it's not like mm-hmm. that came from out of nowhere. And, oh, we just happened to jump to the mirror. And you're, like, no, he actively intervened and made that happen. Yeah, that's the thing. They pla- they planned the, the whole reveal perfectly. The problem is that the reveal is stupid oh, and yeah. I hate it. No, it's it's I Devlin, you said this before. A lot of the decisions they make are dumb, but the execution's pretty good. Oh yeah, they make the dumbest decisions. They retread the most boring ground, uh-huh. but then they see it through in a way I can't disagree with. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, and that's that's about half of what this show is, is like, uh, that's a dumb idea on paper. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. Almost yeah. makes it worse. Like the time loop. On like paper time loop. on the paper on paper is like, uh, one of these again, and then you watch it and it's like, okay. You brought something new to this. Very cool. Mm. Time loops are always good on paper because you just write all time loops make for a good episode again and again. Uh I'll work and no play. Make this an easy script to write. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. And and this is like the most Lorca. I wish he wasn't mirror universe guy. Like this is really first time through when I liked him the most is like, yeah, he's he's still super crazy fascist guy but also i see some humanity there and like i'm starting to understand him a bit and then they just oh. flush all that away not since gul Dukat, who had seven seasons yeah. to be a compelling complicated sympathetic megalomaniac villain well, they, would pull the, they would pull the mirror universe reveal on him every other season and then they'd pull the but wait no he's actually good yeah. in the opposite seasons you know like well they'd they'd escalate his craziness and yeah. then they'd take him down yeah but like they would also have like the no maybe he's got he's really good this time for real yeah. so I mean we promise fingers crossed. No, I'll constantly it was like you know what maybe he is yeah. a good guy. Oh wait a minute, and every and it time, just made it, when he turned even worse because of course he fucking turned and you'd again. Be, you'd be right there with Kira where it's like oh why didn't I see this coming? Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, that first time when you don't know it. We never we never saw this mirror reveal because it's just dumb. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. He's such Lork is such a good character before. Yeah. I mean, we've said this reveal. every single week for the last like eight mm-hmm. weeks, but really, he is. And well, it just it keeps making me mad because I keep watching him be awesome. Well, and along those same lines, Lieutenant Ash Tyler's PTSD is all completely undermined by the fact that it's not PTSD, really. Yeah, it's surgery, and uh, this was a consensual relationship and not rape, which. Yeah. So you wanted us to think it was rape, but it wasn't. I think that makes it worse. Yeah, oh, it makes it much worse. It makes yeah, it much worse. Yeah, uh, but also, <laughs> so all of those like sexual assault, you know, flashbacks are just him, you know, with his yeah. lover Laurel. I guess I don't. Ah, uh, just uh. the whole thing just feels like like the like the show refusing to take a side on the issues. And you know, it cheapens yeah. his actual PTSD struggle because. Mm-hmm. I thought finally Star Trek's like we said, Star Trek's going to deal with somebody going through some mind blowing shit. Like, like we talked about this at least as early as Jordy being tortured by the Romulans. Like this Mm -hmm. should be with him for a while. This should sit with him for weeks and weeks. And that's not how TV worked back then, but now it does. So like, okay, yeah, he was tortured by Klingons. He should carry that with him forever and he'll get better, but it'll always kind of be there. And instead they're like, nah, we're not going to deal with this serious issue. Instead, it's just a hint at a dumb plot twist. Yeah. That, there was also so much lost potential because I I really did like Boak and Laurel and their weird little relationship and yeah. the 20 seconds we got to see it. Yeah. I would like to see that play out. Yeah. And then Bag Salad goes off with her in the end because he can't get his life together without a girlfriend. Yeah. It just it undermines all this sort of stuff I want to watch. Yeah, and you know, we all know Michael can do better and honestly at least, yeah. if nothing else this feeds into her bad decisions this season when the twist comes and it's like, okay, of course, of course our boyfriend is a sleeper agent for the, for the, uh-huh. 
That just fits in with all the other decisions she's made so far. Well, why should why should anything be easy for her? You know, no. like why can't she just stumble uh, into something nice? No. Of course, she's a human raised by aliens, and she falls in love with a human built by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I like that. Also, the aliens who killed her parents, just to make it a little more complicated. Uh huh. Yeah. Ugh. Makes gonna make uh, family reunions real tough. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sarek, I guess. Oh, Sarah, and then I want Sarah you to be my boyfriend. Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want these. To give her words of wisdom to like loving someone is fine, even if they're a crazy spy. It's it's fine. Uh huh. No, I like like I say they're they're inching toward making Lieutenant Ash Tyler interesting. They could have made a few different choices starting here. Yeah. To do that, and they didn't, and it's just going to get worse. Yeah. Like he and Lorca both, all the stuff they're building here is just going to get thrown away. Well, that's the thing. Both of the characters, what we're introduced with is more interesting than the 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 reveals that they give us, yeah. you know? No, their cover stories like, are better reve- than the truth. The reveal is good for like a five second, oh, yeah. the <laughs> characters are good for the, like, should, well, should be good for the entire season. Yeah, mm-hmm. or series, depending on who Exactly. Like if Lorca had been the permanent captain. We could get to know him for after the war ends. What would he be like? But imagine this Lorca the way we thought he was going back to work after the war. Like, what would that story be? That would be really interesting because he seems like one of those guys who rises to the occasion, but otherwise just doesn't know what to do with himself. You know, I would love to hear his uh, his Star Trek opening thing. Well, it's like um, it's it's like Winston Churchill. Teenagers around to look at some stuff. Oh, uh... I gotta go pick some goddamn flowers again. <laughs> These are the voyages of the USS Discovery, seeking out new life and new. There's <laughs> <laughs> some guys I can't shoot. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go hang out in my skeleton basement. <laughs> what are we looking at this week? A sandstorm. Fuck off. Fine. Now, do you guys think they're going to bring back uh, Prime Lorca? I want them to only because I really like Jason Isaacs and mm-hmm. want them to. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to bring back Mira Lorca because of the way he died. It wasn't exactly a death. Yeah. What, didn't he totally disintegrate? Uh, he fell into the spore thing, which probably has properties <laughs> that are different than... Yeah, that that's an easy, like, yeah, that's oh, a, he got sent through the spore that's, world. That's in- such a, didn't it feel like such a comic book, like... That he's not dead. He fell into a yeah. magic thing that's going to bring him back later. Yeah, the yeah, Joker fell into into the ocean again. Yeah, Ugh. and you know, nobody, no death. So exactly, I, that's what I think. I I want Jason Isaacs to come back either way. I would rather have Prime mm-hmm. Lorca. I really want to know what the real guy was like, honestly. Yeah, I, I want them to do like they do in the Flash and just have him come back as a different guy from a different alternate universe every week or every uh, season. <laughs> That'd be fine too. I don't watch that show, but that sounds like a great idea. There's a reoccurring character on that who plays a different guy, the, the same guy from a different alternate reality every season. That's that's a good idea. And then you then yeah. there's stakes because you could still kill him. Mm-hmm. And he could come back next year. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, now I hope they bring back both Lorcas and they can do battle with each other. Yeah, that'd be fine. Shoot us both, Michael. That's a that's a big stupid sword fight I'd love to watch. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I like I like him a lot, and I'm very curious what he was like before because Nobody except uh, Cornwell is all that surprised by his radical change. Mm-hmm. So was he kind of like that already? Like, I really want to know. He's just like, I really like science. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he took the posting on his way to something bigger. Who knows? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, no, because his entire ship exploded. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we didn't know any but, of these discovered but guys. Was so we that... commented. Start but yelling at him. Was that Mirror Lorca or was that Prime Lorca at that point? I thought, I thought we don't. The ship exploded at the same time. He maybe over. Is that well, they, they've been real vague about that? Yeah, has about that how been, long he's been? Unless, unless you like read into a line that we missed or something. Like, is did they definitively say that? I, this is a thing I remember hearing. Okay, the second I watched the show through. Okay. All right. But then I got distracted because I watched this episode 10 times in a row. But he, <laughs> awesome. he talked about blowing up his ship, and I'm positive that would have been Mirror Lorca. So, I thought his ship was blown up by the Klingons. No, it was attacked by the Klingons. He escaped and blew it up. Ah, That okay. I do know. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what he said in the, in the mud episode, or the first mud his, episode. His whole deal with everyone being like, oh, that's what Lorca's like now, is that like... He like he he killed his entire crew. Yeah, people think that's when he changed. 
Yeah. So maybe that's when Mira Lorca took over. I, I don't know. I'm very curious. Yeah. And I'm curious what he was like before that. But all right. Any other spoilery things? Mm. Uh, Devlin, you had one thing you wanted to say about hair. Oh, my God. Tilly's amazing evil hairstyle. <laughs> she does not disappoint. Yes. There is so many wedges cut into that wig. It's oh, yeah. It's a wedges on wedges. Yep. And nothing's more evil than like a wedge haircut. <laughs> Yeah, that is, I mean, I think we all agree that Captain Killy is the high point of the series so far. Oh, she's wonderful. Absolutely true. So, whoever, I know we have a guest on for next week. I do not have the list in front of me right now, but whoever's on for that, like, really picked the money. I mean, Amanda thinks she picked the money one, but mm -hmm. ah, Brian. Brian is the one who picked the money one. So That hey now, hold your horses shit makes me laugh <laughs> every so single time. goddamn hard. Yep. No, I've seen it. I don't get to pick a quote next week, but if I did. Yeah, I think every now and then it's like, I'll do the extra work and dig up another quote. I think I might have to do that. Honestly, I mean, this goes back to our point. They make these strange overarching choices about the plot, but then mm -hmm. they execute them amazingly. And I got to see Captain Kelly and I'm happy. Mm -hmm. about yeah, I, with the whole mirror universe that like we spend way too much time there, but I think the like there's fucking four episodes there but i think the yeah. first one and the last one are the ones i liked because the first one has all that captain killy crap and repainting the hull and <laughs> uh lorca doing his goofy ass uh scottish accent um like all the, <laughs> yeah. all the all the bullshit like fun over the top goofy crap is there and then the fourth one is uh Giorgio, like playing like chewing the scenery in a way we haven't seen since avery brooks like yeah it's the middle two that take themselves deadly seriously. Like it's that I don't like, it's the two that are like, this is goofy. Let's have fun with it. That, that mm -hmm. make it worth it, you know? So. Oh, well, those are the ones where bags out and Michael actually hook up and they're all like, you're the only thing tethering me to my humanity. Uh -huh. and, yeah. That's another thing I could have done without. And the, the fire wolf. Don't forget the fire wolf. Uh huh. The Firewolf, I do like that scene, though, because you get all the founding members of the Federation there. Yeah, but you also see Discovery's terrible reimaginings of those guys. Oh, yeah, the Andorians are pitched down for some reason. Yeah, and uh, oh yeah, as I recall, they don't look great, and the Tellarites don't look great. They do a lot of pitching down, actually. The, a lot of the Klingons, like, sound like they've been run through a voice <laughs> filter. It's terrible. Oh, well, my theory is that they have two sets of vocal cords. Uh, of course. Well, they have two sets of vocal checks out. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, that's all for this time. Devlin, do you have anything you'd like to uh, plug or promote or mention or anything? Sure. Right now, it's a pretty general plug. You can uh, check out my academic writings on my website. It's devlingrim.net, mm -hmm. D-E-V-L-I-N-G-R-I-M-M. -E I also have an Instagram. It's pretty easy to remember. It's at Devlin Grimm. You are very good at the branding because like, mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah. yeah, you are not hard to find. <laughs> You know, I, I got into the internet when everybody could find out who you were anyway, so yeah. I never got one of those cool Firewolf handles. <laughs> oh, it totally is an AIM handle, isn't it? God. Firewolf 873. No, he got he was there at the beginning, so he got, like, Firewolf at AOL. Yes. No, it's like, he got stuck with, like, the real, actual Firewolf. <laughs> I mean, I say that, but my screen name's Algaro, too, because there's some jackass named Alberto Algar who, who took all my... Uh, all my names fucking oh, some jackass who actually has that yeah name. <laughs> no uh algar with one a is actually a spanish surname so i i can't complain too much like really he's mad at me for taking all his i, I get it <laughs> hey i mean as someone who brands myself with my actual name which is devlin grim i do get a lot of questions about if i just write goths shit so <laughs> i mean that was like, my oh, first yeah, so assumption right i'm not gonna lie <laughs> All right. Well, the website is ever postatomichorror.com. Speaking of branding, all our stuff is postatomichorror. Uh, postatomichorror yep. at gmail, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. Uh, Matt and I are on Twitter at Algar at Robot Matt. Uh, uh, our video game is now on, what, Android? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Adventures of Nick and Willikins is uh, on Steam. It's doing very well on Steam. It, it mm -hmm. surpassed 10,000 downloads. And yeah, now it's available on Android. Uh, still free. Uh, please check that out. Uh, we're working on an iOS version. Apple makes you jump through way more hoops, though. So sure. we'll hopefully make that happen, but no promises. But it is available for Android, so so check that out. And you fucking put it on a cell phone, and I still can't get my parents to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't listen to the show either, presumably. I mean, I certainly wouldn't say that if they did. No. Oh, okay. 
there's a phone call I need. <laughs> what are you Meanwhile, talking about? My parents are going to listen to me talking about flaming penises. Oh, good. So. <laughs> well, I could edit all that out if you, if you really Thanks, want guys. To. No, it's fine. Okay. Authenticity. All right. Well, that's all for this time. Next week, uh, Brian will be here to uh, kick off the very long Mirror Universe saga. The Mirror Universe quadrilogy. <laughs> quadrilogy, right. So look forward that's to that. What it, that's what uh, the alien box said taught me was a real... I know that's what it is. <laughs> all right. Say your thing, Matt. All right. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.